Hi, I'm Mo Hunt. I'm Mae Campbell. Hi, I'm Rachel Malcolm. I'm Sarah Hunter. This is the Fem 15s in 15s. Fem 15s in 15s. TW2's Premier 15s in 15. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Prem 15s in 15 minutes and this week we promise it will actually be 15 minutes unlike last week's ramblings for nearly half an hour. This podcast is of course powered by the TW2 pod. I'm still Fergus Mainland and joining me to review all of the action from the Premier 15s before the Six Nations break is James Price and James what we'll do we'll kick off as we always do stick with consistency can you please run us through the results of last weekend. As always, we will be doing it in reverse logical order. And to start <laughs> on the Sunday, uh, Exeter Chiefs, 52 points to 14 against Hell Sharks. A pretty usual performance from them, getting a big win. Uh, and then on the Saturday, Bristol Bears versus Harlequins. This was the closest matchup of the week, an exciting one that truly went down to the wire. And we'll get into it a bit more. But that was 31 points to 26 to the home side to Bristol. Uh, who are now sitting nicely in fourth place, but I'll, I'll leave the table to Fergus in just a moment. <laughs> Saracens travelled up to DMP, and it was as expected. It was 73 points to nil for the Saracens side, who are now on a, an eight-game winning streak. Now they are looking pretty pretty hot. Uh, Gloucester Hartbury, 50 points to 12 against Worcester Warriors women, and to seal off the weekend, five points to 70 between Wasps women and Loughborough Hartbury Loughborough Hartbury? Loughborough Lightning Loughborough Hartbury that would be quite the team wouldn't yeah, it? Well, let's introduce that next season <laughs> yeah, the merger yeah but no 5 points to 72 Loughborough Lightning in that matchup with Wasps and Fergus there's only one thing to ask what does that do to the table? well James I'm glad you asked Exeter Chiefs their women are sitting top of the table one point ahead of previous leaders Gloucester Hartbury on 64 points Back a little bit further, it is Saracens with 55 points in third place, but they've solidified that position and are now nine points ahead of Bristol Bears. They're your top four teams, and then Harlequins are the best of the rest, having suffered last-minute defeat, as James has mentioned. And as we head down the rest of the table, eight points back to Worcester Warriors with 30 points, further six points back to Sale Sharks on 24 points and then just one point separating them to Loughborough Lightning and of course DMP Sharks in ninth with 10 points and Wasps at the bottom with just one losing bonus point. So James what we'll do is we'll start with that closest game of the weekend that Bristol Quinns game it was Harlequins travelling to Bristol and they had an opportunity to win the game, several opportunities throughout the match. The league was the lead was constantly changing between the two teams, but ultimately it was Bristol that came out on top in that one. What stood out to you in that match? Yeah, I think if you go back a couple of weeks, Bristol have really been building their momentum. They've had a really nice swing of games to get them into this this big one, a big win um, away at DMP, uh, another big win away at Worcester and a big win against Loughborough. So they've cleared themselves from that sort of mid-table position up for this big game, this top four battle against against Harlequins. And on the other side of things, meanwhile, Harlequins have just faced Exeter and got absolutely drubbed at Twickenham Stadium. Um, and they also just fell to fell to Saracens a couple of weeks previous as well so in terms of momentum coming into this game it was always looking like Bristol were the ones on top um, a 50th cap for Amy Kane, which is great 
uh, friend of the pod, sort of. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, bagged herself a try um, as well. A couple of uh, really good scores either way. But I think um, the only place we can really look at this game, Fergus, is at the end of the game. And, and, and you pointed out to me uh, you were quite surprised in the yeah. last minute, weren't you? Having strung together, or obviously having just conceded a try, Quinns needed to score again if they were going to win this match, and they strung some really nice plays together. I think it was it must have been at least at least ten or so phases of play. They were working their ways through the Bristol twenty-two, and we're getting to the stage where we've gone over seventy-eight minutes. We've gone over seventy-nine minutes. Uh, we've gone over seventy-nine and a half minutes, and then all of a sudden, Emily Scott. It's almost just like the red mist descended at that point and she wasn't fully aware of what stage the game was at just how few seconds were left in the match and tried out what was in her mind was going to be the winning kick through her winger was going to have the ball land perfectly into her arms but in the kicks it goes disastrously wrong they'd have been far better working continue to work the phases that they'd been building up so beautifully before that and instead Emily Scott kicks the ball straight through the Bristol defenders as, as she would have liked it to but then the ball bounces out into touch and that's it game over all Bristol have to do is win the line out as they do ball goes into touch and Bristol have won and I think what that is it's a sign of maybe the desperation that's starting to come through with this Quinn side they're desperate to find a win after this losing streak that they're starting to develop as, as you mentioned James and they're not thinking as clearly as they should be as we get into the final stages of these matches. Yeah, uh, the, the notable omission from that kick uh, was the winger. There wasn't one there, was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is, it's almost one of those moments I wonder uh, it would have been interesting to be able to speak to to Scott after that game um, and get her thoughts going, what was going through your head when you did that? Because I would imagine it would be oh bugger I probably shouldn't have done that as soon as she's kicked that ball firstly the decision was you know if it if it pay, plays off brilliant um, but unfortunately the execution of the kick itself wasn't amazing she sort of didn't quite manage I don't know if she was sort of half going through a grubber and at the same time she's going for a chip we're actually just watching it right now so yeah, live viewing yeah. um, and she sort of goes for the grubber but boots it right into the ground so it kicks up really high mm. which means that it just soars its way out of touch before anyone really has any chance and you can sort of see all of the Harlequins um, players looking rather dejected and going oh my god we've just gone through 15 phases <laughs> of brilliant play some incredibly strong carries and uh, and, and the ball is lost and, and that's the that's the game loss and this, you know these tight margins last week at Twickenham it wasn't tight margins um, they needed to come here and get a result before the international break but I guess the only consolation is that they've got some time to reset and maybe try and re-secure that place um, place in the top four yeah definitely I mean as, as you mentioned it's not over yet I was just watching that back yeah Bella McKenzie was just in a position there was no indication that she was going to be running onto it much like the players who were further out wide so just a real lack of communication there and yeah. what you can say though is in that play leading up to that kick um is just indicative of how good that partnership between Emily Scott and Bella McKenzie has become. Yeah. They are looking really, really good as, as an axis there. Um, so hopefully that continues. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you've touched, James, on a couple of interesting other, sort of other results we've had. Uh, a few big score margins, of course. Wasps succumb to Loughborough Lightning 
they're back up to, to winning ways. It was great to see Loughborough pick up a win. We've touched on them. They're up to four wins this season. Wait, and to be honest, that game and Saracens beating DMP, to be honest, we don't really need to go into too much detail. It was a typical yeah. Saracens steamrolling. It was, they had the bonus point wrapped up inside 18 minutes yeah. um, up north. Uh, Jess Breach, do you want to touch on her briefly? She scored another two tries, uh, which means she actually scored two tries in two minutes, which means she's up to 12 tries for the season um, and is the highest scoring back in the league. However, the lead scorers are in the forwards. Maisie Allen has 13 and Lark Davis is up on top from Bristol, of course, on, on 14. So, you know, the forwards are ruling the roost in terms of try scoring in the, in the Prem 15s. Yeah, they are. It's great to see them getting stuck into it. I think one other result that we had as well, probably one game that I was following quite closely was that Worcester game against Gloucester. I had I had three games set up on, gosh, it would have been Saturday when they were playing. I had I had the Worcester game. I had the Tenants Premiership final, the, the Scottish <laughs> game. And I had the so, to be clear, game. that uh, Fergus was back up in his homeland in Scotland. So yeah. it was a weekend of covering the uh, the yeah. under twenties Six Nations, which which didn't go particularly well for Scotland. But anyway, <laughs> what what I found really interesting about that Worcester game was I thought Worcester played Gloucester exactly how I think you're supposed to play Gloucester. You've just got to go out, throw everything at it in the opening stages of the match and just see what happens. And actually it was Worcester that held the lead for quite a considerable considerable period of time in that. They got the opening score, which was really quite impressive to see. And then it took... Um, it took Gloucester quite a, quite a while to, to respond to that. But obviously once... Once they scored, they were back in touch and, and leading the way. So obviously, Cara Brinkett, she got the opening score after seven minutes. And then Sophie Bridger responded after just approaching the 15-minute mark or so, I think it was. Uh, and then after that, it was just try-scoring chaos from, from Gloucester Hartbury. But I was impressed with that bravery that, uh, that Wooster showed. And I think speaking of bravery, Vicky Laughlin had one of the most unbelievable mm, I saw that, yeah. um, <laughs> try-saving tackles. It was, uh, it was very impressive. Yeah, um, and to do it in very disgusting conditions. It looked miserable, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's very Welsh. It's actually it's very Gloucester conditions. I've never been to Gloucester to play rugby and not absolutely hated it. It's a fact that you just, yeah, Gloucester's awful. Yeah. I, but they're good at rugby, so <laughs> never mind. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is our moment of the week. And this week, as we have previously mentioned, Matt is actually away on a cruise I think it's a cruise he's away on holiday we hope you're having a wonderful time wherever you are in the world but fear not listeners we found someone else to step up and replace him this and it's week. a very special guess isn't it Fergus it's really special I mean we've been working hard to get this contact haven't we yeah. um, and you know I'm, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you do the announcement because sure, it's pretty sad no I'm too nervous <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Caleb <laughs> Caleb has watched I think just about every single game of rugby possible this weekend hmm not just Prime 15s, but literally everything. So there's so much that he could have chosen from. Uh, but here is what Caleb has chosen for his moment of the week. This week's moment of the week is called the Mutombua moment of the week. It comes from the Worcester Warriors game versus Gloucester Hartbury at Alpas Arena. It's courtesy of Sophie Bridger, who carried not one, not two, not three, not four, but went past five defenders to score her eighth try 
of the season after receiving a pass from Lizzie Golden. She's been absolutely carving it up. It's Bridger doing the business for Gloucester Harpry, and she's this week's Mutombo's Moment of Merit. So huge thanks to Caleb for picking out his moment of the week. But what we're going to do now is just touch very quickly on that game between Exeter Chiefs, league leaders Exeter Chiefs, I should say, and Sale Sharks women. And of course, friend of the pod, Georgie Paris Redding has just won her 50th cap for Sale Sharks women. We're delighted to see how she has been brilliant throughout this season. She's been, I think, in the Prem 15's team of the week, numerous occasions, scoring some absolute worldies all season long and of course capped for the United States at the World Cup before the season started so delighted for that achievement James was there anything you wanted to pick out in particular from that performance other than just how epic Exeter are all over the park well Exeter not only on their on a 13 game winning streak they're on a 13 game bonus point winning streak uh, that is impressive obviously they, they, they fell up short in their first game of the season and and now they have looked imperious since the only reason that we probably hadn't talked about them quite as much was because Gloucester had managed to maintain that slight advantage at the top of the table so all the plaudits were going to them quite rightly because uh, Gloucester hadn't been up in that position before Uh, but now we're starting to see or it's becoming more visible just how impressive this Exeter team are and and the thing with with Exeter Fergus, from my perspective anyway, is that it's not just uh, a case of 1 to 15, it's a case of 1 to 23, how amazing they are. I mean, the likes of uh, Nancy McGillivray getting into the England squad, um, obviously started a few games off the bench um, against Harlequins at Twickenham the other day, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're just imperious and I don't see them slipping up at any point, really, uh, before it comes to the end of the uh, the regular season anyway. Who have they got coming up well they have let me just check the notes they've got Saracens actually it will be their first game back um, on the 13th of May which you know we've got a lot of time to build up to that one um, so that's going to be class to be fair actually I hadn't until just now realised they've got a really tough run in they've got Bristol to play after that so they've got Saracens to play Bristol to play a nice ease off uh, down at Wasps um, and then they've got Gloucester Hartbury and all three of those tough games are all away from home. I hadn't quite clocked that. Now I have clocked that. Maybe I need to change my whole opinion on them. <laughs> no, dig into it. Back your opinion. Yeah, fine. Yeah, no, they're the best. Well, they are the best because they're at the top. But yeah, three away games, Saracens, Bristol and Gloucester. That is a tough, tough run in. Yeah. What we're n- not going to do though is we're not going to go through the fixtures because there is... You're giving me a funny look. No, we we still should because we it's should. exactly two months. I want, we've got we've got it. You know, we're not going to be here in the same vein as the. Uh, we'll be doing some other podcasting work, but we won't be doing this Prem 15s and 15 podcast. And I'm sure that our millions of listeners will want to know what they've got to look forward to in exactly two months when we come back. You make a valid point. Go on, James. Run through it. <laughs> <laughs> a load of matches coming up uh, on the 13th of May. Harlequins women will be playing Worcester. Worcester Warriors women? No, they won't. Harlequins women will be playing Wasp women on their return in two months' time. Loughborough will be taking on Gloucester Hartbury. Sale will be taking on Bristol. As mentioned, Saracens v Exeter. That is the big one of the weekend and potentially of the end of the season. The big kahuna, that's right. Uh, And one for Worcester women against DMP. That is what you have to look forward to in exactly two months' time. (laughs) Well, what I will do is I will 
discuss what's actually available in two weeks time because okay. at that point the women's six nations will be kicking off the tiktok women's six nations <laughs> have you have you been paid by them or something <laughs> <laughs> the man hasn't even downloaded the app and he's no, trying to get commercial really. sponsorship <laughs> Uh, on the 25th of March, Wales will host Ireland at Cardiff Arms Park at 2.15. England host Scotland at Kingston Park in Newcastle at course to five. And on Sunday, Italy will host France at Stadio Sergio Lanfrangi in oh, Italy. Well done. Really like looking it. forward to covering the Women's Six Nations. And of course, what is super exciting is that we are upping our podcast coverage of the event, James we are we're going to be working hard some of you may have have come across us in the first uh in the first time for the first time as the the world cup daily podcast covering the women's world cup at the end of last year we may not be here with you every single day but we will be with with you plenty so tune in yes so much to look forward to over the next couple of weeks or so but that's all we've got time for on today's edition of the prem 15s in roughly 15 minutes or so Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time in the TW2.